Hello and welcome to the Tradfest podcast. In the town of Scarif, the sun was shining in the sky When Willie Clancy played his pipes and the tears welled in my eyes Many years have passed and gone since the times we had there But my heart's tonight in Ireland in the sweet country clan My heart tonight is far away across the rolling sea In the sweet mill town Malbay And it's there I'd love to be So long ago and far away Nothing can compare My heart's tonight in Ireland In the sweet county clad That, that August in Kilrush When the rain was lashing down And our hotel was that hay barn on the outskirts of town We were all sick and feverish And Dolan had the flu But Johnny produced some whiskey And the sun came smiling through My heart tonight is far away Across the rolling sea In the sweet mill town Malbay And it's there I'd love to be So long ago and far away Nothing can compare My heart's tonight in Ireland In the sweet county Clare Those nights in Six Mile Bridge When the songs and music flowed And when it came to closing time Sure the lights were turned down loud And the sergeant from Kilkishen He would buy us all one more And we never left that pub Before the clock was striking four Lehinchen and Estimon Liscanner and Kilkee But best of all was Milltown When the music flowed so free Willie Clancy and the County Clare I'm ever in your debt For the sights and sounds of yesterday A shining memories yet My heart tonight is far away Across the rolling sea In the sweet Milltown Malvay And it's there I'd love to be So long ago and far away, nothing can compare My heart's tonight in Ireland, in the sweet county Clare In the days of Sweeney, in the sweet county Clare
You're very welcome to season two of our Tradfest podcast and it's been a pretty strange few weeks and months indeed since we last spoke and I hope that you're all keeping safe and well. We've been very busy during our lockdown planning for Tradfest 2021 and while nobody knows for sure what's going to happen in the coming months, we are planning to be together again in music at Tradfest 2021. In fact, Together Again in Music is the theme for next year's festival. Wherever you are or whatever you're doing, whether you're baking, whether you're out for a walk, in your house, maybe you're a frontline worker on your way to work, the one thing we can all enjoy still is music. And together with our colleagues in Falcha, Ireland, we've decided to create a series of podcasts to connect with our friends from around the world and to see how they're coping with this COVID-19 period of lockdown. And we wanted to share these stories and experiences with you wherever you are. Each week we'll have a chat with different people from the music industry across the globe. And of course, you can't have a Tradfest podcast without a track or two. The opening track there was My Heart Tonight in Ireland by Andy Irvine, recorded at his performance at Tradfest in Rathfarnham Castle in January of 2019. We're delighted to have our first guest today. That's Barry Stapleton from the Milwaukee Irish Fest. Barry is a programmer for Milwaukee Irish Fest and lots more too besides and I'm sure everybody familiar with Milwaukee Irish Fest. Uh, Barry, we're extremely disappointed to hear that the Milwaukee Irish Fest isn't going to happen this year. That must have been a very difficult call for yourselves there in Milwaukee. It was... um well, it, it, it was a difficult call from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in the middle of St. Patrick's Day celebrations, and then actually in Milwaukee, uh, two days before St. Patrick's Day is when they shut everything down. So you felt like you were, um, you know, that's two times of the year in Milwaukee, uh, Irish Fest and St. Patrick's Day, where you really get to celebrate your culture. And so we thought for sure, you know, by Irish Fest, this will be fine. You know, we actually never even crossed my mind that, that it would go that long. And um, so that was disappointing. And then um, I guess it was sometime in early April where I remember one night I came home and we were having a lot of discussions and it really hit me that there was a real possibility that we could cancel Irish Fest. And and that was a very long, sad night for me. But, um, and then when, when you really put the business decisions out there there really wasn't it, it wasn't a tough choice as far as that was concerned uh people with visas people traveling um you know we're an international festival so people travel from all over um the supply lines you know everything was kind of against us and we we were going to wait longer to make the decision but it just didn't make sense to to make sure that um you know, people were safe and that people could make their decisions. So it was the right decision, but yeah, it was it was with a heavy heart. Uh, speaking of heavy hearts, I'm sure your hearts must have sank when you heard that all the pubs in Ireland were going to be closed for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to believe, isn't yeah, it? I it mean, is, it's yeah. just, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, for all the planning we do, um, you know, uh, for all of the security, for healthcare and stuff like that, uh, at the festival, I mean, with our decisions, just this just wasn't on our radar. I don't think it was any on anybody's radar. 
but the I guess the good news is that we're all in this together. So you, you really can't point fingers and, um, you know, we, we have to figure this all out together. Now, you're programming, as I said, for Milwaukee Irish Fest. You're doing that for about 30 years. So you have lots of other strings to your bow as well. But how did you actually get involved uh, with Milwaukee Irish Fest? Well, um, my brother played in the band Blarney with uh, Ed Ward, who was the founder of the festival. So um, we were involved from the beginning. I wasn't so much involved in Irish Fest as I was in Shamrock Club, which is a social organization in Milwaukee and actually was a club that Ed was involved in too before Irish Fest. So, um, so I volunteered for them. My mom was involved, um, you know, the very first years of Irish Fest and um, and then by about 18, 1987 or 8, I started to get involved. I was an entertainment cart driver. Um, and then I was kind of critical to Ed about not having enough rock bands. <laughs> and, and so he said, well, you know, he kind of, these weren't the words, but he said, well, if you're so smart, why don't you, you know, do something about it, you know? And, and so that's how I got involved in the the Lineys Rock Stage, uh, what we called it at that time, and so that's that's kind of where I started. I started programming that. Uh, it was interesting in that way, wasn't it, that if you came up with a good suggestion, he, he always accepted that he didn't have all the answers, but if he got them elsewhere, he was happy to take them. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, he was very good at engaging people and uh, empowering them, and um, and he had wanted to do something like that anyhow. They had started to do something along those lines. I just took it to a level where I was, I knew who more of the rock bands that were of my generation that I wanted to get in. So the budget was very small. And at the bands at that time that I was very keen on getting in was Luca Bloom, Hothouse Flowers, and Saw Doctors. And they weren't playing the States that much. Um, but we couldn't afford them. But over time, um, you know, we built it up and then I was able to get all three in over time. And so that was just wonderful for me, you know, to to see that dream come true on a, on a smaller level, you know, and um, that was just wonderful. And of course, it has all expanded so much in the years since. Now, one man I'm sure you'd love if you had a chance to have him there. But, uh, you know, time, I suppose, didn't allow was Bing Crosby, because uh, you're a <laughs> fan of Bing Crosby. I am a fan of Bing Crosby. Um, uh, that's part of my archives hat, uh, the Ward Irish Music Archives here. And we have one of the uh, largest collections of uh, Bing Crosby recordings outside of uh, Gonzaga University in Spokane, uh, Washington. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's... Uh, underrated and of course he was uh, um, Irish American you know uh, it's funny because Irish Americans know that he was Irish but a lot of people that aren't Irish don't know that he was that he was Irish so it's it's uh, his you know uh, his mother was a Harrigan and um, they actually you know um, uh, came from Harrigan's Rocks outside of Cork is where his mother's side came from but yeah I'm a big fan especially his earlier years his, he went in with the with more of a jazz uh, vocal style and was known for that but now he's no more known for you know Christmas stuff and being a crooner and I see you actually ran a Bing Crosby convention at some stage what was that about yeah so uh, I believe that was 2003 so it was a centennial of, uh, uh, of Bing Crosby's birth and so 
Um, lots of happening, lots of things were happening around the world, and we got in the ball game, and we actually had uh, Buddy Berrigan, who was a great jazz producer and player, and then we had Catherine Crosby, uh, Crosby uh, Bing's wife, come in, and it was fantastic. Uh, uh, we got a lot of press out of it, and there was a lot of love for Bing, and so it was, uh, it was very educational to a lot of people that did not know all the things that Bing did. I mean, he was a superstar, you know, 30s and 40s. He was, uh, you know, a, what, you know, this generation, you know, Michael Jackson or something like that. You know? I was just going to say, why don't you educate us a little then? Tell us a little more about Bing Crosby. What mightn't we know? Well, I think that, you know, you, I think what's unusual is that he was... Uh, um, top in so many fields he was a top selling recording artist he was a he was in a, either the top five or or whatever um as far as being an actor uh he had the most popular radio show at the time so there's like five or six different fields where you know for a period of five to ten years he was the top person in those fields that just doesn't happen um, usually it's one field or another field that you're uh, known in. So he was just such a um, such a personality. And and the one thing is all of uh, people in Hollywood or, or, or at, at that time they kind of create their personas. And he created this lazy kind of laid back persona, which was opposite from what he was. Um, by the time he got popular, he was not uh, a, a drinker, and he uh, worked very, very hard. One of the rumors was that he, he also was the first one to bring back uh, tape uh, from Germany during two, and so he was the first one to really start doing shows on tape. And a lot of people, the joke was he did it, he put all his shows on tape so he could go golfing, um, you know, because he was, he was, uh, had the pro-am. But, um, so he, just so many things he's got his name on. He, he loved inventions, and so there's certain things in, in the field of music that he's known for. One of them is, is tape, the actual ability to tape uh, shows. And what about his Irish heritage? Was he proud of that, or was, it, was that for the cameras? No, no, no. He was very, very proud of it. Uh, um, his mother, you know, Kate Harrigan, kind of ruled the roost, and, and uh, he honored it. In fact, one of the stories is, so when he started recording, I believe it was 1926, uh, uh, his first recordings came out. He was right in the middle of the jazz era. So every jazz, what jazz did was it took over all the music. It, it really dominated everything. So any ethnic music that was out there, uh, prior to that, there was a lot of ethnic music, especially on the East Coast. And so it just, jazz just dominated everything for, for many years. And uh, when, uh, somewhere around 1939, 1940, Bing wanted to honor his Irish heritage and do some Irish songs. And all of his managers, all the people at DECA said, you're crazy. You know, the, the Irish songs will never sell and blah, blah, blah. And Bing rarely put his foot down as far as that was, as far as those things were concerned, but he did on this. And he recorded McNamara's band, Tura Lura Lura. All of these songs went into the top 10. So it's the first time that you have in almost 20 years that Irish songs uh, become popular and go into the top 10. So he, he had Galway Bay was another one. Um, so uh, over a period in the early 1940s, he had five or six songs in the top 10 and recorded a couple Irish albums. And so him, uh, and I would say even Burl Ives, were known uh, for bringing Irish music back into uh, at least the commercial popular music of America. 
Uh, I'm just thinking to myself, and I'm smiling to myself here, Barry, because I do know how conversations can meander. I, I, we contacted you to talk about Milwaukee and the Irish <laughs> Fest. Of course, the the Ward Archive is very important to you as well. You're a director there, and I suppose the Bing Crosby story comes out of there. But you gave me a guided tour of the archive when I was over there, I think October in 2018. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a fantastic resource, really, in North America now. Yes, it is. And... and so out of sometimes out of dark clouds you get sunshine and with this pandemic the one nice thing is that uh, people are really discovering the archives and so we've gotten more people are signing up than ever before because there's all sorts of cool stuff on there to listen to to look at we have three or three digital collections a sheet music collection the main archive site where people can discover all sorts of things and um and then the Dunn uh, site, uh, 32 rare cylinders from um, the early 1900s. So, um, so it's a, it's a great place to discover things, especially the sheet music. I, I enjoy that most, and and even and I I just would would be remiss if I didn't say that our archives started with Edward visiting the Irish traditional music archives in in Dublin, and we're working on projects together with them. And it's 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 actually a great time for people that are in their home spending a little more time at home to discover uh, a whole other world of Irish music and Irish related materials. Yeah, interesting again that you should say that because in my conversations with Ed I remember going back there in 2018 he mentioned that he had been in the Irish traditional music archive and he discovered a couple of books that his father had written a couple of books of songs. Right, that was his that it, was his it, magical moment. It was. Yeah, serendipitous as it yeah. was, he was waiting to meet uh, Nicholas Carroll and, and uh, I, I don't know if it was Nicholas Carroll or Harry Bradshaw, maybe both. But uh, so he's just in that little library and he pulls out a couple of books and, and they were his grandfather's books. You know? amazing, so, amazing. so that was his moment of if, if they're doing it over here, who's doing it in America? He came back to ask the board to support that and, and away we went. By the way, Barry, if people want to find out a bit more about your archives, if they want to sign up, if they want to listen to what's going on there, how can they do that? Um, the best way to get into, uh, so the overall brand in uh, for Milwaukee Irish Fest and, and Award Irish Music Archives is Celtic Milwaukee. And so if you go to Celt CelticMilwaukee.com, uh, CelticMKE, uh, dot com. Um, you'll see all of our sites there and you can scroll down at the top and see the Ward Irish Music Archive site. We also have a scrapbook site so someone like yourself can see uh, when they played Irish Fest, which I know that you did, Kieran. <laughs> and so you can see all what we have uh, up there on all sorts of things. So just really so much information there. I was going to ask you what was your favorite concert at Milwaukee Irish Fest. I, I won't ask you that. I'll ask you like about some of the some of the important and maybe those concerts that might have taken your breath away at Milwaukee Irish Fest over the years. What would they be? Well, I am being truthful in that uh, uh, Stockton's Wing was a was a, a, a seminal part. I know I know you weren't fishing for that. Uh, can I ask you that again? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it was it was a seminal uh, change, and um, I also would say uh, I'm, I'm talking about the earlier years now. Battlefield Band um, was really um, Battlefield Band, Tannehill Weavers, and even uh, you know you guys. You know, there was such a rock mentality, but it was traditional music with a rock mentality. And so on those big stages in those days, 
it was different. It was a sea change, you know, and so uh, uh, I, I noticed that because uh, I really love all music. I, I've always loved rock, but I've also loved solo solo ballad stuff and uh, traditional music. So I, I, I my personal uh, what I like the most is that intersection where things meet, where music meets. That that's where I that's where my ears perk up, and I thought, wow, what are they doing there? And so, obviously, you know that Stockton's Wing was, was in the middle of that. Um, and then just on a ballad point, there was nothing like Makem and Clancy. Um, they owned that stage. Their, their personalities were so good together. Uh, the jokes were free and uh, contemporary. And, you know, you, you know the size of the stages in Milwaukee, you know, talking about areas that close to eight to 10,000 people. And people would be at full outside bars shushing each other. You know what I mean? Be quiet. You know, uh, Liam's going to sing the Dutchman or something. And around these bars, it just was quiet. And the respect that, that those two men got during those songs and to be part of eight to 10,000 people singing along was just magical. Um, I don't know that, that that may be, as long as I live, that may be uh, the most special moment that, that I've had, you know. They were certainly very special performers, there's no doubt about that. But anyway, your own Irish connections, Barry Stapleton, do you have many? Um, yeah, so, um, you know, as far as ancestry goes, I'm whatever, 98 or 100 percent. But uh, the um, but so my, my father's but I all sides of my family would have been here almost pre famine, 1830s, 1840s. Um, the Stapletons were from Tipperary. Um, the Powells were also on my father's side, and, and I'm not quite sure where they were from. But uh, my mother's side was Donegal, uh, Boyles, and Gallagher's. Um, and so there was a big, um, kind of like an underground railroad from Donegal to Ohio and then up to uh, middle Wisconsin. Um, whole groups of families uh, followed each other. And so re I'm related to quite a few people actually in Milwaukee today that we can trace our roots back to the Dawross Peninsula in Donegal. And so I do have relatives in Donegal I can visit. It's, a it's one of those uh, weird ones where you knock on the door and they don't know who you are because you're a relative from whatever, three, <laughs> three centuries ago, you know, but uh, uh, so that's that typical American connection. But uh, but I, so it's 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 solid. But as far as the festival and, and other things go, you know, the cultural aspect is, re is really more about where your heart is, what mm. you want to celebrate. It's not about bloodlines. So you have the football and the hurling is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, just before we before we wind up this brief chat, and it's great to talk to you, Barry. You're not actually in the office; you're actually working from home. I'm just wondering how COVID nineteen, how the lockdown, how is it f affecting people in Wisconsin? Well, um, I, I'm doing. You know, I, I I have some health issues, so I'm I'm being pretty serious about it. I'm not going to uh, challenge anything. Um, but I think most people are like me; they're taking it seriously. Uh, there is, I think, like you see people around the world, there's other people that are a little frustrated and ready to get going. I'm very proud of what uh, our local politicians uh, have done, uh, kept us informed about everything. And, um, you know, I, I think we're all expecting it to loosen up a little bit here. Plus, the other thing is it's summer, you know, so I think 
like I have a nice yard, I can go out in the yard and do things. So I don't feel trapped. I have you know, my girlfriends with me. We have a dog and we can go for walks and things like that. So I, I, I've been fine with it, you know, but you can tell there's frustration with other people. Sounds like it's suiting you there, Barry, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> the plans for uh, Milwaukee Irish Fest for this year, for 2020, have you just decided just to roll those plans on to 2021 or what are you going to do with regard to programming? Well, as far as programming, I, I wish I could tell you, but we can't. But uh, um, because actually the board met last night and I haven't gotten the news from the board. So uh, call me tomorrow and I can tell you. But, okay. um, but uh, you know, we, we are working on that. I'll just say we want to get to um, we want to put on the full festival like we have in the past but obviously we're going to take a hit financially a pretty serious hit by by not going um we are i can tell you one thing we are going to do a virtual fest this year so people can look at uh go to milwaukeeirishfest.com or celticmke.com and at some point at least within a month or a few weeks you'll see something up of what we're going to do virtually so we're pretty much going to do a whole virtual weekend this year. Um, one of the reasons we have the archives, so we have these wonderful programs to show people from the history of the festival. We'll also get some live music from the bands that are able to do that. I'm sure you've seen a lot mm -hmm. of the concerts out there. So and in cultural elements, um, you know, uh, cooking and and maybe some drinking recipes and things like that. So we're going to have a fun, a lot of fun with it. But we're not quite ready to talk about 2021 publicly yet, Kieran. Okay. Now we have a great association, of course, with Tradfest and Milwaukee. Some of our performers were supposed to go out here this year, so we're hoping mm -hmm. that that will um, sort of maintain for next yes. year. I suppose that's really why I was asking you that. And and before you go, then finally. If I was to ask you to name three songs that you would recommend people just listen to during lockdown, would they? What would they be, Barry Stapleton? Wow, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I'm a big Hot House Flowers fan, so um, uh, boy, there's so many there. I usually go by albums. I like the Home album. Um, lots of good so songs on there, and then. Um, I was always a fan of Patty Riley, and I think that um, he had any of the Pete St. John songs, I would say to me, are special songs for me. I think Pete St. John is one of the best composers uh, in Irish history, so so things along that line. I guess I would say um, um, it, it's not necessarily an Irish song, but a lot of Irish artists that have done it is um, She Moved Through the Fair. I, I, there's always been a lot of Irish interpretations of that, and I have always liked those. And there was I expecting uh, a Bing Crosby song from you, but <laughs> throw in one of Bing Crosby's songs for us. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. When we, we went out to, when we had our conference, we went out to Gonzaga University, which was one of the main conferences because that's where he grew up and went there. And we brought around, we just had all of these old uh, 78s and we brought a 78 player. And we just let a lot of his fans play uh, whatever 78 they wanted to play. And when they put on the Irish songs, which we weren't telling them to put on, they were just part of all of the other 78s, you could tell that their feet started tapping more so than the other songs that Bing had sung. So, I mean, clearly they, you know, McNamara's band um, has great uh, feeling to it. 
but you know, it's a great fun song and he did it very, very well. Um, so, and obviously I'm actually named after Barry Fitzgerald, the actor. But there you go. And, and so, and so Lura has a special feeling to me with Bing Crosby singing that to Barry Fitzgerald in the movie. Although when my parents named me Barry, I don't know if they knew that that wasn't his real name, you know? <laughs> I'd say they settled for that anyway. You yeah. were, you were their treasure anyway, I'm sure, yeah. Barry Stapleton. Look, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Barry. We look forward to bigger and better things for sure in Milwaukee Irish Fest 2021. And hopefully we'll be together in music as we will be at Tradfest next January. And maybe you'll make it over for that. Barry, thanks a million. Thank you so much for the time, Kieran, and thank you for all you do for Irish music. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We look forward to when we're all together in music at next year's Tradfest, provisionally set for the 27th to the 31st of January 2021. And while we're all waiting for the day when it's safe to travel again, you can fill your heart with Ireland by going to ireland.com. Ireland.